So welcome to session 12 of Life Discover, where this time we're going to be looking at sharing good news with others. Now, when you have some good news in life, it's actually challenging not to share that good news. If you're expecting your first child or you have some test results from a health scare that come back clear, or you get a promotion in your job or get some good exam results, as human beings, we want to share those good news stories with others. Well, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we have the greatest news to share with others. Even from these short talks and sessions we've done so far, we already have an idea of what that greatest news looks like, how we can actually spend time with God, how we can connect to our creator, that we can know our identity as God's children, with God as our perfect heavenly father, that we have this God who wants to relate to us and connect with us, that we have a savior who came to rescue us in Jesus, who forgives all our sins, we know that the death and resurrection of Jesus is the most important story in history and that it brings us also from death to everlasting life. And now we have the opportunity to follow Jesus and to build our lives around his teachings. Even just from our last sessions, we looked at how God's Holy Spirit can fill us, equip us, enable us to be the best that we can be. So imagine someone you know who perhaps doesn't know these things and if they could experience all this that we've talked about, what impact would it have on their lives? How would it change their life? Perhaps if you think of someone whose life at the moment is perhaps chaotic, someone perhaps living with an addiction, someone perhaps struggling to make ends meet, someone who may have experienced uh, nothing but sadness and hurt and trauma, what difference could knowing and loving Jesus make to their lives? Now, none of those things they're experiencing are solved overnight just because we start to follow Jesus because we all live with a variety of grief, of pain and of hurt. But what if people could know that peaceful and life-giving presence that Jesus can bring into all our situations and into all our lives? Will it make a difference? Will it be good news to the person that you've been thinking about? I believe it will make a difference to those you're thinking about, even if just making that start with Jesus to find forgiveness, to find hope, uh, to find joy in chaos, uh, and as a song that we sometimes listen to uh, states after that line of finding joy in chaos, that we find peace that makes no sense. Now, that to me is good news. In fact, it's not just good news, it's great news. It's amazing news. And for people who have experienced pain from others, that could be good news. But also good news, perhaps, for people whose lives revolve around them and them alone. You know, that selfish person that you know, someone who says an awful phrase, charity begins at home. Maybe good news for them is that they start to experience generosity. Maybe they start to contribute and make a difference to others, that they then start to make the world a better place and a less selfish place. Now, that's good news for them, and it's good news for the people around them. The great thing about sharing good news is that we can all do it as followers of Jesus. You don't need special qualifications. There are no classes to pass or exams to take before you start. You don't have to be a church leader or a pastor or a theologian. So why do we, and this includes me, sometimes find it difficult to share this good news of Jesus Christ? Well, one of the issues may be rejection. No one likes to be rejected. That is completely understandable. And when we invite someone to join us for a party or some sort of gathering with an invitation, it isn't, you must come or else. It is always an invitation. And an invitation can be accepted or it can be rejected. Now, many of those watching this who count themselves as followers of Jesus Christ may have rejected that invitation at first. They may have even been hostile towards that invitation. But all we can do as followers of Jesus is provide 
the invitation. Some call it planting a seed of good news. And alongside sharing good news, we need to pray that God will cause those seeds to grow so that joy and salvation will follow to those that we invite. We always need to remember that although it is our job to share good news, it's not our job to save people. Only Jesus can do that. Now, there are some great examples in the Gospel of John of people who meet Jesus and go on to tell others about this good news. The first disciples that we see in John chapter one are often going off to tell others about this Jesus that they've met. Andrew goes off to find his brother, Simon Peter, in chapter one, verse 41. And then later, verse 45, Philip goes off to find Nathanael. And then when a Samaritan woman encounters Jesus at the well in John chapter four, she then tells a whole village who then find out about this Jesus for themselves. Now it's clear that the Samaritan woman didn't convince them herself, but she invited them to meet Jesus for themselves. And they responded in chapter four, verse 32 with these words. Now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. So we need to ask ourselves, who can we share the good news about Jesus with? Now it's great to share good news, but there also can be times when we connect with God in prayer or even ask God to fill us with his Holy Spirit that actually we can also feel quite desperately sad about people. Scripture and prayer and being with God can sometimes remind us that life without Christ is empty and hopeless and that people around us are experiencing that emptiness and that hopelessness. We can understand how people can feel lost and without hope or without purpose. And when Jesus was on the earth, he summarised the purpose of his earthly life in a couple of key statements. He talked about himself as the son of man, not coming to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And that his purpose was, as he says in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, was to seek and to save that which was lost. So it's clear we are called to serve and that part of that serving is to seek the lost, to seek those who feel empty and feel hopeless. So when we get that feeling of desperation about the world around us, about people around us, that actually helps us to share good news of Jesus Christ. So we get in on this work of sharing good news or evangelism, as we sometimes call it. We get to join in with our Lord's purposes. We get to create something that lasts forever and has an enduring legacy. It's such a privilege to be a part of reproducing the life of Christ in others. And God uses ordinary people like you and me to accomplish that. We get to be part of this extraordinary work of creating eternal life where previously there was darkness and loss and death. Seeking the lost was central to our Lord's teaching and ministry. And he wants this to be central now to the lives of those who follow him. Even in his parting words to his disciples, Jesus stresses the priority of what I'll call multiplication, which basically means as followers of Jesus, we make disciples who then go on to make more disciples who follow Jesus, who then go on to make even more disciples. That's multiplication. And what Jesus says in his last few words on earth in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 to 20 is, is this. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So the job of the church, the job of you and me, is not just to add people. We seek to multiply. We seek to make disciples who make disciples. And the Lord is with us in this task. He says at the end of these verses, I am with you always, even to the end 
of the age. He shows us that we are not alone in this challenging task of sharing good news. And in Acts 1 verse 8, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This means to me that there is no place on earth that we should not talk about Jesus. We should tell people about Jesus in all places. But that also telling people isn't just one event. It can be multiple times. And that it also involves being witnesses. We need to demonstrate and show what good news looks like. Evangelism and sharing good news isn't one event or one conversion, it's a process. Now we know this from the fact that the Bible often uses imagery of farming and agriculture to portray the, the process of evangelism. You know, crops don't happen straight away. Reaping a harvest of crops is the outcome of a lengthy series of events. So in agricultural terms, there is preparing the soil, there's a clearing the soil, there's plowing the soil, and then there is the sowing of the seed. And all this process is taking place before the harvest. When the crop is mature, it's then ready to be reaped and harvested. And there are lots of ways to prepare the soil. Sometimes God prepares it beforehand. There may be times when God might use adversities or setbacks that pull people away from that lie that they can do all things themselves. You know, setbacks can sometimes help people see their true condition, their true spiritual need. We see Jesus prepare the soil when he asked the Samaritan woman for a drink of water. Even in just that speaking, Jesus overcomes three immediate barriers. He overcomes the racial barrier. You know, the Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. He overcomes the gender barrier. You know, the Jewish rabbis would not address women. And he overcomes the social barrier. This woman had a poor reputation amongst her own people. Jesus knew everything that she had done and yet he lovingly offers her the living water of eternal life. He prepares the way for the sharing of good news. Jesus even himself illustrates the various phases of sowing seeds and that we can't control how receptive the seed is to the soil. If the soil is unprepared, then the seed will not take root. So as followers of Christ, we have the opportunity to prepare the soil, to, to sow seeds and to cultivate the soil. And all these are part of sharing good news. The process of sharing good news is far bigger than one event or one conversation or one encounter. At different times in life and with different people who've been put in our path, we find ourselves participating in different phases of this process of harvest. But it's always key to remember that the results belong to God. We don't have a say in the results, but God does invite us to participate in his purposes by being a part of what his spirit is accomplishing in the lives of people. So that means in evangelism and in sharing good news, as in other areas of life, we need to be faithful. We need to keep at it and not give up on it. It's good to remember that the biggest difference in evangelism to other works is that it is an eternal investment. In Luke chapter 15, we have three parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin and the lost son. Now, in each case, something of value has been lost and then an effort is made to find it. And when it's found, the result is joy and celebration. And we know that there is joy in heaven in the presence of angels over one sinner who repents. That reveals the great value to God of each person. And when we participate in the process of helping people come into the father's household, we share in the father's joy. And we remember also that sharing good news is the one thing we can do on earth that we can't do in heaven. When we leave this planet, we will never again have the privilege of sharing the gospel and seeking and serving the lost. 
And let's remember that sharing good news must always accompany being good news. When there's a discrepancy between our talk and our walk, our words will mean nothing. Now, Colossians 4 verses 5 and 6 really balance the two issues about words and our works. In Colossians 4 verse 5, it says, Conduct yourselves with wisdom towards outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. That's the relational part of our evangelism, that need to walk wisely. And then Colossians chapter 4 verse 6 says, Let your speech always be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. So that's talking graciously. Now, walking wisely and talking graciously is so key to our evangelism. Now, a lot of evangelism in the church can sometimes lack one or even both. And we must avoid the two extremes of all talk and no walk and all walk and no talk. So in our worksheet for this session, we're going to encourage you to remember that this is God's work. So that prayer is key to this. So maybe think of family members, friends, co-workers, neighbours that you want to know this good news and pray for their salvation. Also going to encourage you to tell your story of good news, how this good news of Jesus Christ has affected your life. And to finish, I just want to remind you again of the importance of sharing good news or or evangelism, as we call it, and remind you that Jesus started his earthly ministry with evangelists. He began by calling his disciples to be what he described as fishers of men, and he ended it by commissioning them to be witnesses in the world. So as we become involved in the process of sharing and displaying good news, Let us depend on God's power and trust God for the outcome. And let's experience the joy of being part of the eternal purposes of the living God. So we'll see you next time for session 13 when we're looking at the importance of prayer.